0: Welcome to episode forty-one of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host Floyd Johnson, and with me this week is the most powerful, positive—excuse me, most positive woman on the internet, Miss Amy, A.K.A. Miss Phoenix in J.P.W. How you doing? Join the Dark Order.
1: I am doing fantastic. It has been the craziest week. <laughs> for wrestling news and I'm like we were just talking about this before we started recording. We have so much to talk about today. Positive, negative, like oh my gosh, it's it's going to be a wild show. But
0: yeah.
1: it's been an amazing year for AEW and this was an amazing episode of Dynamite and man, we're at the last show of Dynamite for the year.
0: Yes, uh to paraphrase a famous statement, rumors of AEW's demise has been exaggerated <laughs> cuz <'Cause>, uh <laughs> it's like wow it's like this week like everybody acknowledges there was something really big going on Wednesday they took eyes off of TV but then when the numbers came out it was like why isn't everybody watching AEW it's cuz the show <laughs> sucks no okay well Before we get into that, I want to start off the show by reminding you this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV, Power Slam TV, where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe, right onto your laptop and mobile device. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free, Uh, as this is my first year with roughly my first year with Social Suplex, and I've been reading that Power Slam TV ad just to let y'all know, I do use Power Slam TV when people. I, I don't watch it all the time. I'm going to give you the most real uh, critique ever. Uh, but when people like when AW came out and there were certain wrestlers I literally never seen work, and I saw them work and have you know enjoyed watching them, people would say, uh, people would say, hey, they have this match. And then I would search Power Slam TV on my login and I would go watch the match or sometimes the show, just depending on how busy I was. And it's a great resource for independent wrestling. And if less definitely if you want backgrounds on a lot of the wrestlers in the company, uh, Power Slam TV is where you need to go.
1: That's a really great point because they have a huge wealth of experience and backgrounds in independent wrestling. And everybody's like, oh, check out this person in MLW. Check out this person at Progress or wherever. So having that backlog available to search up to sort of see the context of who they are and what they've been doing is really useful.
0: Yes. And like I said, it was just like before I saw them wrestle, you know, I had that big thing I wanted if this was going to be the first time I ever saw him wrestle in AEW, I wanted to be the first time. But after I saw that and got that initial reaction, I could be like, okay, well, you know, if I didn't, let's say I didn't like what I saw or there were some things I was missing, I could go back and say, maybe there's something to look forward to in the future. I'm like, Power Slam TV is just a great resource for all of that. So uh, it's not me just reading it every week. I use it. I know other people that use it. It is a great tool.
1: That's fantastic, man. All right, well, let's kick things off on the show and get our Dynamite coverage out of the way first because we have so much to talk about, and I feel like the natural progression of that will come as we get through Dynamite. So the first thing I want to say is that the crowd at Corpus Christi, Texas, was incredible. They have a reputation reputation everyone kept saying oh man they're a quiet crowd oh man this is a quiet place why did they go to corpus christi dude that crowd was like pay-per-view level energy the entire show and from what i heard aw dark also has that crazy high energy from how great that crowd was
0: yes and it's uh, it was it was one of those things you know you have to give people a reason to get excited and, you know, with the shows that they've been getting in Corporate Chris, Corpus Christi, they weren't getting big shows. They would, you know, they would get house shows and, you know, they may get a Raw or SmackDown and it would be, you know, no big angles, no big matches. They would get kind of cookie cutter stuff. The thing with, a- uh, the thing with AEW, you know, as far as, especially Dynamite, they don't have that ability to just really put on average shows because... I will say that they're probably the most scrutinized wrestling company right now. Uh, and <laughs> just, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, And it's just, it, it, so they have to go out and, and, and you'll see it on Twitter. If they don't go out and put on an A-plus show every week, it was an absolute failure and they were going out of business.
1: Yeah, damn that
0: piss ant t shirt company. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, <laughs> it, is, it is hilarious. It's just hilarious that it's just like their whole, they're, they've been a company for like not even a year. I think January 1st will be a year. They didn't put on their first uh, wrestling show until May of this year. But they're held, held to such a higher standard. It's like if they do anything that WWE would think about doing, oh my God, I thought everything was going to be different. I thought you said <laughs> you were going to be different. Don't entertain I me. Didn't don't.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, I didn't come here for WWE light. Yes,
0: yes, I ain't coming here for WWE. light. don't make me laugh. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. And it's just, like,
1: <laughs> I came here for serious beating people up. And tight. don't think yeah, you have yeah. a good time, oh God.
0: God. Damn it, God. I you know. <laughs> I listen to my favorite one of my favorite podcasts and I have to get I have to say this. Our favorite podcast is Voices of Wrestling and their flagship show with Joe and Rich are like one of my favorite shows and they are so smart and I agree with what they say. But this week they were talking about this show and they used the word corny and I was like you do know you're watching grown men in tights fake fight Grown men and women in tights. Fake fight. Wrestling is corny. It is.
1: It is.
0: I enjoy it anyway, but the shit in its standard, if you describe what you're doing, it is corny.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I mentioned this to you earlier. Like, If I wanted to watch just serious wrestling, I would be watching New Japan all the time. I watched New Japan all year last year. Every single show. It's great, serious wrestling. If I wanted to watch all characters and all corny stuff, I would watch Raw and SmackDown. If I wanted to watch a mix of both, I could watch NXT or I could watch AEW, which also has its own thing that wraps all of those elements together. I love the silly stuff. I love the fun. I love the storylines. I love the unique and interesting gimmicks. And I love that they're not afraid to experiment. Because... Everything that we're used to right now comes from WWE or New Japan or the indies for people who are just really hardcore into the indies. And, like, those things already exist. We all sat here and said we wanted something different. And now we're going to complain and cry foul when we get that very thing that people are actually daring to try. I think this is awesome
0: i agree but, you know, i'm like I'm if just you, an AEW mark <laughs> if you watch being the elite every week if you watch being the elite every week that's what put nick and matt on like super on the map they put on great matches but being the elite is what made them this cult following if you watch that show it is really really corny and ironic and cheesy and all these other stuff Stupid words that people come up to kind of negatively this because somehow they are too cool for school, but they are fun. He <laughs> was like, Oh, yeah, when the show comes out, you know, when they start the program, nobody's gonna watch me in the elite. 200,000 views every week. Yep, it's like people enjoy their type of entertainment, so it would only make sense. If people are following the young bucks to TV, that you would see some of that entertainment on their TV show that they're helping produce. I mean absolutely mer- m- m- the Cody getting the money shakes, merch freak. <laughs> I mean, these are all things that kinda deal in that supernatural kind of thing, the things that people don't understand. That means that's something that they like to do. So to say, well, that's never going to be on the wrestling product, that's 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 kind of weird. I don't...
1: Seriously. I mean, did you all know, to, know that like Hangman Page is a murderer?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hangman, <BBC>? yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot of stuff there. And I will say, I think that this is a good time to bring this up. Um, you know, Cody Rhodes has said several times, and I understand why he said this, that AEW Dynamite, is the fundamental viewing for fans they shouldn't have to watch anything else nothing is required viewing except for what they find on dynamite now i love aew dynamite i love the pace of it i love that they pack it in with crazy action that they've got some promos some story but it's just balls to the wall action and i feel like if they cut a lot of that out To put in these backstory bits. That we would lose some of the things that make Dynamite so spectacular. But on the other hand, I also think that they really should start promoting things like AEW Dark as viewing. As a supplementary show. As something that fans should watch. Because the background interviews that they have. Like with Chris Statlander. With QT Marshall. Those things give a really great context to Dynamite that really enrich the show. And being the elite, I mean, it's a totally different vibe. It's very silly. It's very fun. And it it gives them the freedom to be just ridiculous. Maybe that wouldn't be required viewing with AEW Dark, but I think it's absolutely supplementary viewing if you want to catch the stories. Like Hangman Page's conflict with Kenny Omega in their tag team matches hangman page in the conflict with the elite in general and have inner conflict. Those are all being covered on being the elite. And I think those are important and fun to follow along with as you're watching dynamite. And you know, being the elite is like 20 minutes. AW dark is an hour. It's not like raw or SmackDown and NXT where you've got to watch seven hours of content each week. It's like, okay, you've got dynamite. That's two hours. Dark is in an hour. And then 20 minutes of being the elite. Maybe.
0: Yes. And if you want a full storytelling aspect, you should be watching the show, watching Dark, and at least be on their social media. I'm not going to go as far as being the elite. I think being the elite is really for the hardcore fans, and but we welcome you. We welcome anyone sure. that wants to watch sure. being the elite. There's a ton of episodes to watch. But... It's like, I, I think that would be daunting to get a casual fan to go, you know. But I will yeah, say.
1: Yeah. Welcome to this crazy world of, like, like
0: chicken yes. and TGI Fridays. <laughs> but I would say they should do a better job of AEW Dark. The reason I say that is because a lot of people don't have cable. And uh, me, I've told this story before. Me and Tiffany standing outside of Jimmy Seafood, and the guy was like, Talking, he was like, He kind of heard AEW but didn't know what, and he was like, I don't have cable. What did I point him to? AEW Dark. You have a phone, right? You have YouTube, right? Here's your introduction to what AEW presents. Understand, Dark is their secondary show, so you know, if you hear the crowd being a little bit lower or whatever. It's because of this. But if you like this taste, we got the real thing on Wednesdays at 7. But a lot of people rather dip their toe in the water, and that's what AEW Dark represents.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I didn't have cable until AEW came around. Yeah. And I got cable. In fact, I got two different cable network things with Sling and YouTube TV so that I could make sure that I would be able to watch Dynamite no matter which stream I was using. And, I mean, that's that's a lot to ask for somebody to just check out a show. And AEW Dark is really great content. I really like it. Is it as explosive and spectacular as Dynamite? No. But it has great matches. It builds great stories. It really lets you get a feel for the people and their personalities and, and build a reason for you to care about them with the um, undesirable to undeniable stories. And I think that that's a a really important piece to AEW Dynamite. And I don't think that that should be undersold. And I get why they haven't been putting a huge focus on it. But I hope that they change that in the next year and start putting more of a focus just on promoting it. And they've done it on commentary and they've talked about it. But I'd really like to see that. And conversely, I would also like, you know, if people are watching AEW Dark, like, just watch it. Like, don't complain that it's not on Dynamite. Like, just watch it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> it it is they it's it's weird how this is what from what I gathered from the internet, this is what people want. We want a two hour show with wrestling that focuses on men, women, and tag teams, where everybody cuts their promos and we get a full backstory. I'm like, it's kinda impossible to do that all of that in two hours every week. Yes. Something's going to something's going to uh something's going to go in the background. I'll say this basically and and I'm just using them as an example because they are on at the same time. NXT's tag team division has kind of went away since they've come to cable TV. They have realized how hard it is to their tag team division sucks. And you know what? It's like, okay, they focus on their men. They focus on the women. But tag teams get left behind. AEW focuses a lot on their tag team. And, you know, lately it's been tag teams, uh, tag teams, men's, and then women's, what they're doing. But then they's like, okay, you need another star in AEW. So they start pushing Chris Statlander. I mean, she's getting a mega push. And it's like... I don't know about her because she's called an alien. Now, like, she, other than her what she's wearing, she really doesn't do anything weird. She just wrestles. You know what I mean? The same characters that made her famous, she just wrestles. And everybody's like, well, she's an alien. I'm like, she's not floating down to the fucking ring. She's not like putting their hand on someone's head, and then they're just like, oh, they just go out, you know, because that would be really fake. You know what I mean? It's just stupid to me.
1: (laughs) It's I hate to break it to you guys, but we also have a mortician. We have two undead demons. We have a wizard. We have a sky pirate. We have a skull pirate. Yes. We have a dude who loves baseball, and we had a guy for a long time whose gimmick was that he just liked the movie Back to the Future.
0: Oh shit. Just because
1: the alien thing Mm. (laughs) is a different style of gimmick doesn't mean it's like completely out of the like wrestling realm of believability there. And to me, like, okay, I don't get the alien thing, but that's fine. I don't need to. You know what matters to me is the fact that it took two matches for me to be like, holy shit, I need her to go after Riho. I I don't want Britt Baker to win this match. I want Chris Statlander. I want to see Chris Statlander in the women's world title position, like, right now. Two matches is what it took to get me there. She is fire in the ring. She has an incredible presence. Her, like, size and stature feels powerful and impactful. Her promos are great. Everything about her is great. Who gives a shit if she's an alien when you've got, like, The Fiend running around? You know, like... Come on, dude. That's the hill you want to die on to be like, oh, she sucks because she has a gimmick that I can't believe in in reality. Yes. Whatever.
0: Amy, as a person that does it uh, or does a New Japan podcast, explain Hiromu's character.
1: (laughs) Hiromu is like, oh, God, I can't. Exactly. Okay. (laughs) 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 Like, the dude likes cats a lot. He has a stuffed cat. Whose head was ripped off by the Bullet Club at one point, and then he came back as a masked luchador stuffed cat. But now he has a wife stuffed cat, and I think they had a family of stuffed cats while he was out on neck injury. Do you see how ridiculous this sounds?
0: And he's Does one it of, matter? He's no. one of the best wrestlers in the he's world. Crazy. Yes, that all that matters is he one of the best wrestlers in the world. That's all that matters. like Yes, like he's a really, really good wrestler, and it's just like evil comes out and with a sickle and the lights and all yep. that stuff, and then he wrestles, and it's just like, you know, you do things to get noticed, and he's like, she's a literal alien. I'm like, oh my god, like <laughs> oh <God>. literal, literal <laughs> has literally, literal has changed. To where you can mean figurative. <laughs> you know. It's right. just so it's just so crazy to me. The standard, like, that's, that's been my kick for the last couple of days. The standard that AEW's held to. I even hit up Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy Donovan, uh, the boss of his whole suplex. And I said, who's a more weird character? Hiromu or Chris Statt? He said, that's a tough question. Right? Because <laughs> <clears throat> what has oh, Chris you know, Statt it- really did that's weird? <laughs>
1: She just boops people (laughs) on the nose, which dude is freaking adorable. Like, that's just cute. I'm sorry. I think that's ridiculous because, like, I've never seen that. I could imagine somebody booping someone on the nose if they were doing it to try to, like, humiliate them if they were knocked down to the ground or whatever. She doesn't do that. She's just trying to talk to somebody. Yeah. But it's not like she speaks in some gibberish language. She speaks and, you know, cuts her promos, and we can all understand them. Like – she just drops words like Galaxy and Andromeda. Okay, cool.
0: Exactly. The, from the Andromeda Galaxy. Is that any different from any of the wrestlers, the many, many wrestlers that were from parts unknown that we loved? You know, and she is definitely not as out there as Kamala or The Undertaker or anything like that. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't understand. And he's like, don't call me weird for me thinking this stuff is goofy. Yes, you are very, to me, you are very weird because I've been watching wrestling for 30 years and Chris Statlander would not rank in the top 50 weirdest characters I've ever seen.
1: No. Also, dude, her look (laughs) is amazing. Yes. Like, I just want to say that right now. Her makeup and her outfit and her hair, like everything. She is a star. The craziest thing. She has been wrestling for less than three years, officially. Yes. She's been wrestling since 2017. She was part of the Brooklyn Bells enhancement talent on SmackDown earlier this year where the Iconics had the t- uh, tag team titles, and they had to defend them against somebody, so they were like, we'll defend them against Jobbers! And that was one of one of them was Chris Statlander. Like, yes. she's legitimately new, and the fact that she's this good, I mean, that's mind-blowing. To me, that rings bells of similarity of parallels to somebody like Kazuchko Kada who is like a wrestling prodigy who comes onto the scene and he's just incredible and you're just like what do you do with this or Kurt Angle who comes in and has like the most successful trajectory in his first year in wrestling probably ever you know it's like those kinds of greats those kinds of legends are made when they come onto the scene and they are just mind blowingly good and you're just in Tranced by them, and to me, that's what Chris Statlander is. And I cannot believe that AEW was so fortunate to be able to snag her like this because that is an investment that's going to pay off from her
0: first appearance. All I heard is that she was signing with WWE, it was going to be a short term run because she basically was pinned to paper with WWE. She is now officially signed with AEW, and it's just like No, they got one from the WWE, and and the reason is, you know, I imagine, I don't know what her actual reason, like, I haven't heard her just be herself ever. So, uh, it's just like, but you come to AEW, we're going to put you on TV, and you're going to be wrestling every week. You go to WWE, you're going to train for, what, six months? I mean, like, Chelsea Green and Diana Perrazzo, like, how many times had they been on TV you know, before this upcoming for this week and it was like these chicks have been wrestling for years. Women have been wrestling for years. They were ready. They were ready to wrestle. You know? And they come in and it's like, okay, well you gotta learn the WWE way. is like, Oh, you wanna sign with us? Okay, we'll start you on dark. If you do good, you'll be on Dynamite in two weeks which is what happened with Chris Lander.
1: But also, we will utilize your talents and your strengths with right. what you're good at and not change everything. We're not going to break down everything <laughs> that you you do and everything that you know. We signed you for a reason and we want to see what we signed you for. Yes. That's the thing with AEW that's so different from, from WWE because WWE does have... The performance center where everything is sort of compartmentalized into this kind of big box style of wrestling where it's all consistent and that's great there's nothing wrong with that because it's been successful but AEW is doing something very different which is taking everyone's unique styles and allowing them to use those with guidance sure with tweaks to perfection sure or at least working towards that but at the very heart, they're taking what makes people shine and letting them be themselves, which is incredibly valuable, I would have to imagine, for somebody who's been working and crafting themselves for so long.
0: Yeah, like someone like Orange Cassidy in his gimmick. I don't think most companies, uh, you know, most big companies would know what to do with it. They would probably change his name, uh, uh, you know. they would have probably changed his name and he would have been the guy that loved oranges. You know, that would have been his, that would have been his gimmick. That's what they would have pulled from his gimmick. And it's just like, and then people were like, I don't really understand. He must not be good for the major leagues. And it's like, AEW says, you know what you were doing on the indies? Okay. Keep doing it. We'll figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, we'll see how the crowd responds. Well, well see that's the... another
1: thing, too. Like, they are taking the responses from the crowd and listening. And I think that's so important because let's take Britt Baker and Chris Statlander as an example. That match, I fully expected, and I guess we're kind of going out of order with our, with our Dynamite coverage, but I fully expected them to do the tunnel vision, full steam ahead, Britt Baker push. This is what we've been sort of fed for a a year that Britt baker was going to be the star of the women's division but instead they've been listening to crowd reaction and they've been really gauging like who is responding well reacting well i mean presumably i'm not them so i don't know for sure but it's the same thing with luchasaurus luchasaurus came out got super over and now we're seeing him a lot more same thing with orange cassidy He's super over. So now we see him with the best friends and, and getting a lot of great interactions. P- Darby Alling, like there's the list goes on and on where it, you have people who are igniting that passion and that excitement in the crowd. We want to see them more. And AEW is delivering them more and allowing that to shine.
0: Yeah. I'm like, never, I will want to be clear. I am a cheerleader for AEW, but. No, everything they do is not perfect. Everything they do is not for me. It it really isn't. Yeah, I think their women's division has in the last three weeks come along with some of the addings, the uh, adding that they did. But it, you know, it's still far away from where I want it to be right now. It's not. I'm like, I'm not gonna say it's it's not bad, but it's still. I uh, still to me, uh, as far as being presented equal to the men. I still think they have a way to go. Yeah,
1: I think we need to see more Hikaru Shida.
0: I definitely I think we
1: need to see more Chris Atlander. Mm -hmm. I think we need to see more Big Swole because dude, that girl is fire. (laughs) Yes. I think that you know, there are people that they've been pushing on AEW Dark and again this is why you gotta watch AEW Dark. I don't care that Cody says you don't need to watch it to be able to understand dynamite. You need to watch it to be able to appreciate dynamite. That's what I'm saying. I'm not Cody, but I'm just going to say that. When you see Big Swole and Chris Statlander coming together and just having a fire of a match, like that gets me pumped to see what they're going to do on dynamite. You know, Britt Baker, not so much. I I hate to say, but it's true. But like these people that they're building on dark are the future of the AEW women's division. And I'm sure, you know, Britt's going to be a star. She's got the look. She's got, you know, the the determination, the motivation. That'll happen. But right now, I love having these underdogs come up and surprise people. It's the same thing with the men's division, right? Like, we all knew the elite, and everybody was complaining before AEW even got off the ground that they were going to book themselves with every title imaginable. But that hasn't happened. Instead of seeing the people that we expected to be pushed to the moon, we have all of these people sort of coming up from underneath and sprouting forth and just like taking off in spectacular ways. And that is something I feel like is starting to finally happen with the women's division. But again, finally happen. We're talking two months. They've been on TV for two months. And I think that they've accomplished a lot in those two months. Not everything is a hit for me, but a lot of it is. And yeah. I'm excited with what two months has accomplished with yeah. TNT.
0: Yeah, Chris Statt and Britt put on a good match this week. Well, it was not great. did not blow anybody's match. It's not going to be on anybody's match of the year. but They put on a good, solid match. That transition to the finish from the uh, lockjaw to uh, what ended up being the Big Bang Theory. And you like, okay, that person's been doing it less than three years. The other guy the person's been doing it less than four years. Wow, that was a great transition. Yes. 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 Yes, and it's just like, the thing about it is, okay, Tony might have had an open checkbook, but like 80%, you know, 80%, I, honestly, I, let me throw it, like 90% of the real one hundred percent quality, ready for TV. Professional wrestlers are signed with different companies. WWE yep. has like eighty percent of them. Then, uh, t- uh, then Impact has the other ten to fifteen percent. It's like you're yep. you're picking you're picking from a very specific, you know, very specific talent pool. There, Britt is getting better on TV. Chris Statlander is good. She's you know, I think she's great. She's getting better on national TV. You know what I mean? This—that's what it is. It's like, like if you could pick anybody from Impact at the time, we got Allie, which I love Allie. I think Allie's great. I love her. I love her program that she does in the ring. It, it's you know what's coming kind of thing, and I'm good with that. But if you said you could pick anybody from Impact, would you have picked Allie? Would she have been your first pick? Would she have been your second? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was like, would she have been your second pick, like Jordan Grace or anything like that? No. <laughs>
1: you know me so well. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right.
0: Yeah, she wouldn't have been. But, you know, she's getting in the ring, and she's featured. And it's just like, they got what they got, you know? <laughs> they can't make a wrestler out of thin air that is everything everyone wants. They have the women's division that they have, and they're trying to lean into the strings. Brandy. Lover, Not a strong wrestler. Very good on the mic, you know? Very good on the mic. But, again, as an on-screen character, this is very new to her. Very new. Yes. She was an announcer in the WWE. Herself. Yes, she was an announcer in the WWE. She was kind of just Cody's wife, you know, in the other words, which is just being Brandy. Now she's playing a character, a witch, it is clear because she literally twisted a picture on Twitter of her hat, with a hat that said witch. <laughs> she was literally telling everybody, you can stop wondering. I'm a witch. That is her. <laughs> Man, I'm
1: so sold on the vampire mixing. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, damn it, no. I'm, I'm a witch. witch. I'm a Fine. witch. Fine. Yes.
0: Fine. Yes, she's a witch. <laughs> but she is learning and getting better every week. She's never, she's. She's literally never been a weekly on-screen character. When she was on-screen in WWE, she was just she was the announcer. I'm not saying being an announcer is easy, but I'm just saying you do kind of the same thing every night, kind of get out the way. She is the focus of the character. She is going to get better. This thing is going to get better. Let it go where it goes. And I'm just like, Awesome Kong, she's wrestled for like 20 years. You know, her body is not what it once was, as far as physically being able to do everything. So she wrestles really short matches. That's just, that's what you're going to get. You're not going to get 25-minute epics from her. She can't really do it anymore. You might get one a year. You know, might get one match over 10 minutes a year. You know, they have done a really good job of leaning on people's strengths. But some things, you know, some weaknesses... If that's what we're gonna focus on, you can't just like okay, we're gonna hide you in the background because then they just wouldn't put on women's wrestling a lot. And right, and, and then this if is a big then thing that was if you a didn't problem
1: leading up to this,
0: and if you don't put on women's wrestling, they'd be getting killed for that. Yep. If they came out and say, "Well, we don't really think our women are ready for time. so we're just gonna put them on dark, and they're not gonna be on dynamite," they would get killed killed. I'm not saying this is a fact. I'm just saying with a company like them, you have to watch and let them get better as week to week. Britt Baker in a year, probably going to be one of the best on the roster. Chris Statlander, if you look into her trajectory, because I've seen Britt Baker get better over the last few months. Rio's already amazing. The thing with Rio and Britt Baker, unfortunately, Rio was so good, it made kind of Britt Baker not look that great. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, <laughs> right now, they're kind of letting all the women kind of catch up to Rio so they can put on a good match. So it's, it's But that's not a problem. I think that's yeah. the difference is that, like,
1: if people are going to have that as a defining line of this is trash and I'm not going to watch it because it's not perfect, what the hell do you think NXT was? Yeah. For years it was developmental right though aew i don't consider developmental it's not developmental it's prime time show it's a big show but there are people on the roster who are still learning Mm -hmm. who haven't been wrestling for a long time who have a lot of incredible potential who are (laughs) developing in the ring and hell a lot of the people who are veterans are developing new styles omega had to switch from a slow strength build intro to higher fast-paced sequences to strong style hitting to building to a climax of 30-minute matches or more with New Japan. He, too, is developing a new style with TV, with AEW. Now, everybody is developing a new style. So, like, you can either complain that it's not perfect or you can give it time. And, you know, I think people are so reactionary at every show, every week, whatever. There's always something that people are like, this was, you know, whatever. But the reality is is that if you look at what they've accomplished this year, it's been incredible. I was thinking about this today. Earlier this year, I had no flipping idea who Darby Allen was, who Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy or Marco Stunt were, or Private Party or Riho or Hikaru Shida or, you know, Brandon Cutler, like so many people on the roster. I had no idea who they were. And in fact, when I first learned about them, I was skeptical. Like, really? We got a dude whose gimmick is Tarzan? Or like, (laughs) okay, we got a lot of deathmatch dudes. I hope AEW doesn't turn into a hardcore company. You know, like skeptical. And then by the end of this year, really over the last three months, these, all of those people, have become people that I have emphatically gotten behind because we've gotten to see them wrestle. We've gotten to care about their journey. Part of that is at the expense of the elite, especially with Darby, you know, at the expense of Cody and Jungle Boy, at the expense of Jericho. These people who are generously giving space to putting these other people over and building them up people. I had no idea who they were and literally no connection to care about them at the beginning of the year. And now they are so over that you have people showing up dressed as them. You have kids dressing as them for Halloween only after what three weeks or maybe a month of really being exposed to them as wrestlers. That's a huge success, and every single week you have a crowd that is thunderously hyped for the show. That live show in both Dallas and Corpus Christi was off the charts in how loud the audience was. And I really hope that instead of listening to people bitch and complain about, you know, this chick is an alien, why is she an alien? Or this person, I don't like their gimmick and I don't understand it. Or the Young Bucks aren't champions. Why not? Or whatever the thing is. I hope that what they're listening to are the people who are selling out their shows in less than an hour. Are the people who are showing up and losing their voices cheering for them. And are the people who have come to love and support and encourage and just really fully get behind people that they had literally no knowledge of eight months ago. Those are the successes of AEW and what they set out to do. And all of this complaining on social media and Twitter and everything else, that just, that's meaningless. Yeah, What's meaningful yeah. is who shows up yes. and who they get behind.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I was thinking about it today and I was like, I was thinking about, I'd watched AEW in five different states this year. And it was, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like, it was just like, oh well, Double or Nothing was in Vegas, and then I was like, well, All Out was in Chicago. That's cool. Uh, then I went to, then I went to the first show that was in DC. Then I went to, <laughs> then I went to uh, Baltimore for a full year, and then I just went to Dallas for the my last show was Dallas uh, for uh, uh, Dynamite, and I was like, man, and every time I went to those shows. I saw the people f- from the other shows that I've been to.
1: Yep. And
0: it wasn't just like, Oh, well, I, you know, I saw this person in it. No, I saw people in Vegas in, in Texas because they had flew out to Vegas and Texas was their uh, local stuff. And then next year when you, we have roughly 52 episodes of dynamite, you're going to see it more. I'm like, I've, I'm already booked for uh, again, Texas again. So I'll be uh, Austin, Kansas City, and Chicago again. And it's just like,
1: oh, you're gonna go to Kansas City with Tiffany? Of course.
0: Oh, come on. You Hell know, yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, no, yeah, we got our tickets together. I think we're fourth row. So that's yeah, cool. in Kansas City is like two days before Chicago. So I'm gonna roll up to Kansas City and then yeah. and then come back and then fly to Chicago. So I'm like, let's do, let's do this. And it's just. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. They have the fans that are all in. But they mm-hmm. are have the fans that are passionate. Again, do they have the 30-year, uh, you know, you know, 30-year record of people that are going to watch their show no matter what every week because that's just what they do? No. They don't have that. They are, yeah. they are required. They are begging for a new fan base. They are begging for new eyes. They are begging for the people that are LAPS fans. I've I say it every week. Hashtag stay vigilant. I always say that, and people laugh because you know I'm a super cheerleader. But it's just that's what I mean. It's just like I still don't think most of the country knows what AEW is, and because of that, I mean because because of that, those are eyes that could end up being fans. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, there was like one person at the grocery store who saw my AEW shirt and was like, "Hey, dude." I like your shirt. And it was like that secret nod thing. And that was cool because yeah. that, like, that was a wrestling fan just <laughs> at the store. And that was awesome. But it's, it's not like a lot of people know what AEW is or care because, like, wrestling, I mean, who watches wrestling, you know, for, for those people? And I was one of those people until I fell into New Japan. With the Elite. And the Elite brought me back into wrestling. And then with New Japan. And then now with AEW. So, like, that is a very valid argument for the lapsed fan. Because they are different. They are fun. They are creative. They are unique. But they're just fun to watch. And if they're not fun to watch, no one's going to be watching. You know? But people are watching. Because it's fun. I mean, dude. the So, like, this last week on Dynamite, the first match was Lucha Bros. And Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. The crowd was on fire during that whole match. The Cerro Miedo and Cowboy Shit dueling chants was so good. The storyline with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, that was great too. But like the crowd's energy in this match, which was also just amazing, was awesome. Now, Ratings wise, you know, they what I think they lost to NXT this week for yes. the first time, like so, definitively.
0: Yes, they had 683,000 viewers, which was down from 787,000 from last week. And the big thing was at the time that the show was going on, the vote to impeach the president was going <laughs> right? on at the same time, <laughs> right? Now, like you know, uh, and yeah. I, like, I mean,
1: NXT was also leading off with a title match between Adam Cole and Finn Balor. Like, I ain't even upset. That NXT,
0: like, NXT put on a takeover, and, yeah, and they only gained eight thousand viewers
1: on impeachment night. Like, I'm not gonna be like, "Oh man, this is death for AEW." Dude, the president of the United States was getting impeached.
0: Yes, that's that's. I don't really care about news like that. That's even yeah. news to someone that literally is as about detached from politics as you possibly can. The president going through an impeachment vote through the House to, you know, go to the Senate or whatever is a big fucking deal. That's the leader it's a of big our country. Fucking deal. Yeah, yeah, it's a leader of but our country. But also,
1: like <sighs> the top ten US trends of Twitter were all impeachment except for one which was also AEW dynamite.
0: Yes. In so the- like
1: that's pretty fucking big deal too.
0: Yes, a mass. <laughs> oh, by the and, way,
1: I'm swearing way more tonight than
0: I S. ever do. Yes, and don't forget <laughs> the Mass Singer is a hugely popular show, and they had a two hour finale where they were unveiling three people or whatever, and it killed in the ratings. I will tell people I've always said when people talk about bringing real sports people over to wrestling, I was like, to me, that's not the audience. The audience are people that are watching the mass singers because that's a performance show, and that's what wrestling is. join the dark order.
1: speaking of performing right, okay, so I just happened to pull up because I'm just going through uh the dynamite thing. We gotta talk about Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes versus uh, the Butcher and the Blade and do the we, buddy.
0: Do we do uh darby's entrance was like.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yes, and he has the <laughs> followers, and then you see people dressed as Derby. He's so over. He's so, so, he's so over. over. And I will tell you at the beginning, his size really bothered me, and I will I will tell anybody that because he was at least 50 pounds ladder next guy. His style of work, uh, his style of work, he's so good, and his style of work pretty much is Hey, I know you're bigger than me. I have to be faster than you. Yes, and, and the dude is lightning quick. But uh, first of all, the entrance—a killer. He's over. He—he's getting like, he's like oh, Darby and Cody are coming out, and I was like, okay, you know, Cody's entrance is gonna kill Darby's. It was oh, closer. Yeah. It was closer than you think. It was closer as far as the audience reaction to the entrance. Cody does, you know, Cody's. I mean, his entrance is that of a star. I mean, it is about as over the top as possible. <laughs> it's,
1: it's like the rocker John Cena. Or, you know, it's like, yeah. it's legit. Yes. But like how crazy of a super team of over dudes is that? You've got yeah. Darby Allen, who just is like, he exudes badass. Like, he's so badass. And you know, the funny thing is, is the first time I saw him, I hated his tights. I hated them. And the funny thing is, is I watch shows about dudes who fight in tights but I couldn't stand Darby Allen's
0: tights. I, I, I was I was, I was the same way. I thought he should just wrestle in jean shorts, maybe a la Raven. But like I said, it's one of those things. Once someone shows you they can bring it, you can ignore the other things.
1: Right. Dude, shows what we know as fans on Twitter, right? Because that would have completely fucked over Darby Allen's thing if they were like, oh, man, these people on Twitter, they don't like my tights. I should change them. Nah, dude. You do what you're doing because it is amazing. That sheer suit that he was wearing in the back room was amazing. The look that he had on his face, like, oh, God, it was so good. He comes out. Crowd is just lightning hot for him. Just insane. And that, again, was the result of a match that he had with Cody at Fighter Fest. You know, Fighter Fest was the most gimmicky show that has had this year. And that was the show that put Darby Allin on the map. And then he goes against Jericho, and now he's here against the Butcher and the Blade. And the job here is to try to get the Butcher and the Blade over. And try to have us figure out who they are and why we should care and what they can do and all of that. But also to tell a story with Cody Rhodes and Darby Allin. And my God, they told that story so well that match was so good I think honestly besides Chris Statlander's match I think this was my favorite match of the night just because of the sheer storytelling in the ring and when people say that AEW doesn't have serious wrestling and that they don't have serious in-ring storytelling watch this match that's literally what this match
0: was yeah it was was in-ring storytelling yeah it told the story that Cody had never tagged with Darby and you know and he wrestles a different style of then, you know, Cody and Darby and Cody wrestle a different style. So they didn't even know who was going to start first. And they didn't have any spiffy double team moves or anything like that. And then you go the Butcher and the Blade, on the other hand, they're cutting off the ring, working a body part, doing double team wrestling because, you know, they're a team, you know? And it's like, you could have watched that. You could have turned on the show right then. Not known any backstory and that match told you everything you needed to know. And in the end, of course, it was the super amazing singles wrestlers, you know, coming together to, you know, and, you know Cody goes to a little his style doing, you know, jumping through the ropes and stuff. But, you know, uh, Darby Allen literally takes out one guy by throwing his body at him so Cody could have a one on one opponent and you know cody's amazing the singles and he gets the pin with the cody cutter as they're calling it
1: i love that because it reminds me of the oz cutter
0: yes it is it it just makes me happy no it's completely the oz cutter he i
1: know but it just makes me happy like cody you can have it that's cool like that just that just makes me think of new japan and then i'm like oh please
0: super (laughs) oz cutter it's you know what? It's one of those things I would tell them, work on it a little bit. Hey, you know, I don't critique Cody much, but it hasn't looked good or pretty yet. It has been effective. You know what I mean? But it's just like, Will Ospreay, you know, the first person i ever seen do either version of this move. It, they It just looks so amazing when he does it. Anyone else trying to do it just kind of looks like they're ripping him off, even if it's Cody Rhodes.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like MJF doing a yeah. double
0: yeah, cross. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's it, it doesn't work. And it's just just like yeah. So Cody, I say, bottom of my heart, love you. Work on it. But I would have preferred you just end it with a crossroads, personally. <laughs> no, but, uh, but man, that match was so good. Oh no, it was, story very, was very very so entertaining. Good. The crowd was completely into it. Darby Allen is something special that even though I was kind of high on him I still didn't see him taking off and connecting with the crowd this much that quick
1: you know it's, it's almost like a like a disaffected youth kind of thing but it's not the disaffected youth that are chanting his name it's everyone and I think everyone has felt underestimated and everyone has felt desperate and everyone has felt like They wish that they could just give everything they have to succeed, even against just insurmountable odds of everyone bigger, stronger, more powerful than them. And I think that people really, really resonate with that. I mean, he is a man who is small, fast, versatile, but also has very little regard to his body. So that makes him very dangerous because you don't know what he's going to do. And he's just serious the whole time. People underestimate him constantly and he just faces them on, just straight deadpan and just goes. It's amazing to see.
0: Yeah, they win, they celebrate, they hug, they're giving each other the high five. And you know, Darby grabs Cody by the hands and looks him in the eye and like, Okay, we were good. Now we're not. <laughs> it's like yep. it's on. I want my match. Oh, let's get this so good. let's get this on, let's get this match going. Uh, They did announce that's going to be on the January 1st show, which uh, I'm excited about. Uh, So I'm definitely, uh, that's one of those. It's like I'm interested to see because you know both of these people, Cody with the epic storytelling, Darby with the completely disregard for his body. They're going to try to turn it up a notch from their last match. And I thought their last match was great, but they're going to turn it up a notch. And the big thing is Cody, you know, in the last one, Cody was, taking him kind of easy at the beginning of the match. No, Cody's like, okay, you're a guy, and we're going to fight now. So that's going to be... this is a real match. This is a real match I'm looking forward to. uh, I'm looking forward to. I think, I honestly, it's like, I just, I really think it's going to be a highly rated good match.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, another match that I think was, ended up being kind of controversial, which was shocking because it was one of those things where I'm like, literally on the edge of my seat i'm scaring my animals because i'm yelling so loud i am fully in in this match the crowd is fully in on this match i'm just like completely immersed and then i happened to check twitter and it's like well that was garbage booking and i'm like what the hell is wrong with you and this was jungle boy and jericho this match was amazing this is le champion he's chris freaking jericho The dude is the top of the inner circle. He's the AEW champion. He's been unstoppable. And his goal outside of kayfabe has been to elevate the talent in AEW. Mm -hmm. To generously give space to make others shine. Now, if you've got a person who is in their older wrestling years, who is a champion, a lot of times their goals are just to have their best year showcasing that they've still got it or that, you know, they're still powerful or that, you know, they're a badass or whatever. Chris Jericho is using his time right now to push forward new talent. And that's what this was. Jungle Boy is already over with the crowd. The, the whole premise here was, can you even hang ten, 10 minutes with me? And Jungle Boy comes out swinging. He is super fast. You see where he is quicker than Jericho. Where he can take him off guard. But Jericho ends up getting the sort of better of him by his submission moves. But one of the craziest things about this match was that not only did Jungle Boy last 10 minutes. So of course he set out, you know, he, he accomplished this goal. Jungle Boy landed a lion salt on Chris Jericho. Now correct me if I'm wrong, but in Chris Jericho's entire career, I don't think... Anyone has landed his lion salt on Chris Jericho. And if that isn't a statement of endorsement that means a hell of a lot to Jungle Boy, I don't know what does. The dude just gave him one of his moves to land on himself.
0: Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a gift. It's basically like Ric Flair letting someone put him in the figure four. It's This doesn't happen in wrestling. You know, it just doesn't. And especially, like, maybe in a main event, but especially in this 10-minute special challenge. And that's what the big thing I don't think people were understanding. It wasn't about Jungle Boy winning. Like, everyone, even Jungle Boy knew he couldn't really beat Jericho. But right, he's right. like, I'm in my, enough in my development that I can hang 10 minutes with you. You know, you might ultimately beat me after that 10 minutes, but I can hang. And that's what the story is told. But, you know, our, the announcing on our AEW, and, and it is our AEW, gets a lot of shit sometimes. But the backstory story that they thread into this match about Jungle Boy or Jungle Jack is uh, J.R. Hall's, you know, being Luke Perry's son and then, you know, him taking him to see Jericho wrestle 10 years before and they're showing the pictures and it's just like, You know, you got Luke Perry and Jungle Boy in the first row watching wrestling, and it's a Chris Jericho match. Oh, my God. This is what? How can you ask for a better story? And it's like, I don't I don't know what else you do. It's like this is the young kid that is literally wrestling one of his heroes who is literally wrestling a legend, the JR interview before the match, building up how much this means to Jungle Boy. And they did no real interviews with Chris Jericho because this match meant nothing to him. This was exactly. all about the Jungle Boy aspect of it. And I just thought they built the match perfectly and, like, and it was exactly what it was supposed to be. And then people were like, well, it wasn't booked well. I'm like, Jericho didn't lose. Dude. <laughs> okay here,
1: here's the thing if you are going to sit there and be like okay i want jungle boy to win fair enough more power to you right be great to see that kind of david versus goliath story cool but what we got was jungle boy getting over as hell in this match you got the solid seal of approval from chris jericho from the fans And now from AEW, literally because of the response of that, yeah, this was 10 minutes for Jungle Boy to make himself a fucking star. And that's exactly what he did. And okay, cool, he didn't win. That's fine. But if you're going to sit there and say that that whole match was unbelievable because why would Jungle Boy even be in this position? Or crappy booking because Jungle Boy didn't even win. Or... This was some WWE stuff because Chris Jericho then said that he wanted more time at the end, and that was dumb. Dude, back the hell away from the TV. Clear your head. (laughs) Go find something that you're going to have fun watching because this was amazing. And, like, I wasn't even around during the Ric Flair days when this stuff was happening, but my husband was going nuts. Because of that connection and I thought it was so cool that we were both freaking the hell out in just euphoric excitement over this match for two completely different reasons him for this historical background of oh my god this is Ric Flair back in the 80s oh my god this is so cool that they're bringing this back and doing this exactly how it should be this is awesome and me I'm just living in the moment. And absolutely relishing in it. Like, I loved the story of this match. So, like, this is one of those David versus Goliath things, in-ring storytelling things. This is that Darby Allen moment. Yes. This is, you know, that thing that catapults somebody like Jungle Boy to something that's more than the middle guy in Jurassic Express. Yeah. To somebody that we care about and root for, and now we know why.
0: Ric Flair went to a 15-minute draw with Brian Pillman back in the late like a late 80s. And it put Rick, Brian Pillman on the map. You know, he ended up being a Cruiserweight Champion, all that kind of stuff in the WCW. And it's a light heavyweight champion. I don't know what they called it. But uh, that being said, it's it put him on the map. And it's like Jungle Boy, who had not really been in a singles match. He had only been in tag matches. This was his first time, I think, a Fatal 4-Way, but... Really, this was his first time one-on-one with anyone, and it happens to be the top guy, the champion, and he hung with him. And everybody got to see some offense from him that they hadn't seen before because he is a tag wrestler. And it's like, oh, to me, if you came away with anything other than, oh, this kid can go, I don't know what you were watching.
1: Yeah, or what lens you're watching it with.
0: Yeah, (laughs) because... I mean, I mean, of course, there are people that hate watch AEW. I imagine yeah. there are people that don't even hate watch. They watch Twitter for AEW people to comment on what happened, and then they hate comment on that. They didn't even see the show. They don't know the premise. They're just commenting on what they think happened, which I guess some people you can do, but it's just like, it's such they do a good job of telling the story throughout the show that if you're not watching the show, it's really hard for you to get to the idea of this. I, I'm, I'm going to talk about that more on the Young Bucks match when we get to it.
1: Yeah, I will say, like, this is the stuff that I love. Yes, I love more than anything having a reason to care. If I don't have a reason to care, I'm not in it. Like, yeah. all right, you can have the best wrestler in the world. But if I don't care about their story of why they're there, of why this fight matters, I don't really care. Like, I'm just watching a good match. And that's wild to say because these people are putting their bodies on the line in all of these other reasons. But, like, for me personally, I need to have an emotional connection to this story, something to believe in. And Jungle Boy gave me something to believe in, just like Darby Allen gives us something to believe in. Just like Chris Statlander is giving us, and at least starting to, I mean, I'm sure she will as she goes through her trajectory, giving us something to believe in. And that is so powerful because I'm investing my time. In watching these shows, I'm investing, you know, time where I have to arrange my kids to be doing stuff like playing games or whatever. Like there's time and effort that is put into watching these shows. And it feels like such a reward to have something that is that exciting and that euphoric and that much of a story where I'm still thinking about it and I'm still excited about it days later.
0: Absolutely. I I could not agree more. Uh, That's when I know. Uh, that's when I know it's a good episode of AEW. And I can honestly say I've only seen one where I would have been like, I didn't like the episode so far. And it, I mean, I was very honest on the show when that episode came along. When, but for me, when I watch the show and I'm not looking forward to next week or for uh, I actually at work watching it and I'm not getting ready to watch the replay, that means it wasn't a great show. Because, you know, when I watch a show I don't want to see, I am done with it. I don't care if I miss 10 minutes in the middle. I'm not going to watch it again because I didn't enjoy it. Or I'll it. skip through it. Yes, I didn't enjoy <laughs> yep. it. So I'm just not even going to watch it again. And it's just like I'm not going to. I, you know, I have time and I'm not going to waste my time on that. This episode, I watched it. Then I watched it again. And, and I know like some people, you know, we're going to get to certain parts that they didn't like, but I mean, I, I mean, I liked it. I mean, I really did. And that is me being completely honest, not just saying, oh, you know, you're going to like everything AEW does. No, I just, I like wrestling and wrestling. Wrestling can be a little goofy sometimes. And I I like that part of it. Absolutely. But this was what everyone wanted. (laughs) I let's Claire. get Claire. to this, yes, man. Yeah, yes.
1: because we've got the main event of the show. I think is something that people have a lot of thoughts on, obviously. And I'm really curious to see what your thoughts were on this. I, I think I've come to my thoughts on it. I think I could like formulate them now. <laughs> but let's talk about this. So this was the main event of this week's AEW Dynamite, the final show of the year. You've got SCU versus the Young Bucks for the tag team titles. Now, the cool thing about this match is that it's been building for, I mean, years. You look at their friendship and all of the time that we've been watching Being the Elite. I look at over the last year where they were working with each other in ROH I don't recall if SCU was ever in a New Japan show. I'm not sure. But I've been watching them for the last year, year and a half. And I know you've probably been watching them longer. A lot of other people have been watching them longer. SCU and the Young Bucks is an incredible story of friendly rivalry, being the best, and fighting amongst friends to see who is the better out of the two of them. Now... The match itself was incredible. Lots of high-flying action, lots of crazy spots. But SCU pulled out of this as the victors, which for me was a huge shock because I thought for sure we would end the year, the first year of AEW with the Young Bucks as tag team champions. I thought that they would you know, not be eliminated on the first night of the tournament. Not only did they get eliminated the first night of the tournament, they didn't win the tournament, and they didn't win this match. So for everyone who said that the Young Bucks were going to put the tag team titles on themselves, no, dude. They are pushing other people that they believe in. And this is SCU. And SCU put in a hell of a defense, which makes me wonder... Who in the world will go on to challenge them and defeat them and become the next tag team title, ch- tag team champions? So that's the first part of this that we should talk about. And then we can get into how the match ended. And I'll let you take it from there, man.
0: If you watch the show, they were setting up SEU winning definitively all night. First of all, as soon as they talked about the match, Jim Ross is like, they just wrestled in a street fight. But the powers at V. Decided that their match was tonight. He didn't agree with it. He said that earlier in the show. Then when they were doing the entrances. It's like man. I don't think the uh, Young Bucks are 100%. He said I don't think the Young Bucks are 100%. Because they wrestled in a street fight last week. I don't know. You know how I feel about this. He said this several times during the show. If you watch the show. And of course I watched it twice. So I do have that unfair advantage. Well. That's what the story of the match was. The Young Bucks were tired. They were injured from last week. They weren't 100%. They cannot beat SCU when they're not at their best. SCU won pretty boringly, pretty definitively. Because that's what's supposed to happen after your body just got through driven through tables and ladders the week before. They told a story in a match with continuity, something I've heard people bitch about that the other company does not do. But they tell a story with the match. Young Bucks are still selling their injuries from the week before. Now we got people bitching that the Young Bucks should have won, which wouldn't have made any sense because <laughs> no. the SCU hadn't wrestled in, you know, they had been on dark, but they hadn't really wrestled a hard match in a couple of weeks So they came in 100% fresh. Young Bucks had just gotten a shit beat out of them the week before. And the Young Bucks lost. Because that's what would happen. So I question anyone that says the Young Bucks should have won. As to do you watch, have you watched the previous shows? Because they set it up through the whole show. And that is the problem with unfortunately somebody... That may skim wrestling. You know. Like if you cover the show. And you got to watch NXT and AEW. Before you do your show. So you may skim some stuff. You don't pay attention to the details. Of the show. And the details were. Clearly the Young Bucks were coming into this match. Against SCU injured. So I have no problem with the result. It made perfect sense to me.
1: Fair enough, man. I'm excited to see them meet again <laughs> on equal footing. Exactly. Um, and you, I think that's going to be great.
0: It'll you, be awesome. You have a continuous storyline. You have the Bucks and you know, I'm, and they're not going to say it, but you have the Bucks telling the story. I'm pretty sure on BTE you're going to have them before the show. Like, you know, the, you know Nick had the flu during the uh, street fight, and they're going to be, like, selling that they're not at 100% because you know what they're really good at continuity they're really good at finishing storylines and continuing storylines and it's just so weird to me like i said it's just like one of the biggest complaints i don't know you know i know you watch wwe one of the biggest complaints is continuity people that hate each other are best friends the next week you know oh we're ignoring that storyline cuz we didn't like it no one continuous string, the Young Bucks, best tag team in the world. Oh, they did the oh even more, they did the promos talking about how they're gonna prove that they're the best tag team in the world. <laughs> as oh soon my as god. They, do
1: that. they
0: they got you on <laughs> like, the line. They they got most people on the line and they were reeling them in. They was like, Yeah, we're gonna win tonight and you know, everybody was one hundred percent boom, they lost. Just and and it was like if you watch the last minute of that match it was really nothing excited about it. They took out, they took out Matt. Then you know Nick got the uh, got the SCU later, and it was a pin. There was no false finishes. No, it was just SCU no. one. SCU well, one. Kind of the
1: thing is like you know the match before with Jericho and Jungle Boy was so exhilarating that like I was surprised that I wasn't as completely into this match and I think that's why it's because it was just very no-nonsense straightforward it was still a good match but it wasn't the best match they were know? telling and a I think story that we're still looking forward to getting the best match between them
0: oh yeah and I think you will and I think it could end up I I personally think that the Lucha Bros are going to be the team that takes it off of SCU eventually because yep. if you notice they're heating them back up They had them lose a few weeks in a row, and now they're heating them back up. I think they're going to be eventually to take the title off of SCU.
1: Oh, my gosh. What? Sorry. Lucha Bros have been having a beef with Christopher Daniels specifically. Exactly. And Christopher Daniels was knocked out of the tag team initially because of his injury. What if they have Christopher Daniels come back in the tag team, and that's how they end up losing it?
0: Yes. That would be cool. That could be.
1: Well, I don't know if they could, though, because you've got titles for the two specific people. Anyway, I didn't mean to go sidetrack and be like, oh, my God, what if?
0: (laughs) But But I'm just saying you're going to get a big match with SCU sometime next month. Definitely leading into the February show. And it's just going to, you know, just kind of let it happen. But in this case, they were better than Young Bucks tonight. Everyone talks about it. Well, I I just want regular wrestling matches with definitive winners. You got a defensive winner. You got a wrestling match. The match ended. It was over. SCU won. They shook hands. They even said, "Hey, they're going to have dinner to Christmas dinner together." You know, it's like it's. It was such a it was such a well told story, to me. For people to have problems with it, it was just annoying to me.
1: Well, but then lights go
0: out. Exactly, but remember, I want to add. <laughs> The match is over. we got a definitive winner.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Definitive winner. Lights go out. The Creeper madness sets in. We've got Dark Order Creeper surrounding the ring, being all skittish and weird, and Evil Uno and Stu Grayson walking out and saying that they're not there to offer teams to join the Dark Order. But instead, they're going to an initiation yes creepers jump in and begin a vicious beetle or beetle brutal beat down on the young bucks and scu and then you get kenny omega running out you've got oh god who else did dustin, dustin Rhodes runs out Cody runs rooms. out
0: and they all get beat up
1: hangman doesn't run out hangman. but everybody else runs out Hangman is noticeably absent. And then you've got Alex Reynolds and John Silver from the Beaver Bulls as the unmasked creepers who are being initiated. And we've also got an interesting guy in a purple mask who is very tall and lanky and with a long neck, staring daggers at Matt Jackson and focusing a lot on him. So there's a lot of sort of hidden elements to this. But, you know, this ends up being the Dark Orders moment where they come out and they are solidifying themselves as a formidable presence in AEW that can find strength in numbers to take down the best in the company. Now, this was extremely controversial. Yes. What were your thoughts on this? And what are your thoughts on the controversy surrounding it?
0: My big problem with uh, my, my problem with this was I had none. I thought it was, everyone needs that big, interesting, overarching angle. And I thought to join the dark order was it. Um, I was very excited. I was pumped up and I was like, this is pretty cool because you know, that's, you know, they've been pushing it. They went all in on this. You know, you know, join the dark Order from evil you know they have a join the dark Order website. they have hashtag join the dark Order that pops up in like in the middle of the shows. It's like I you know they went all in. this is their big angle and it, this and their number their foe is going to be the young bucks, you know Alex the Beaver boys, Alex, you know you know Reynolds and uh silver. Are going to be you know the young bucks are going to dispatch at them fairly quickly you know they might put them over a little bit but they're going to dispatch at them fairly quickly the ultimate rivalry is the dark order evil uno and stu grayson versus the young bucks and it's just like you give them what you do in wrestling to me is you take your hero and you give him an overarching un unconquerable obstacle then the hero does that. That is wrestling. So to me, this was just wrestling.
1: I mean, that's fair. I will say, for me, I was literally at the edge of my seat during this. Mm -hmm. I was, like, up on my knees, bracing my fists against the couch, and, like, my body locked straight, waiting. Because I was waiting for who else they were going to come out. Who else were they going to bring out? They're not just bringing out Silver and Reynolds, are they? Where's Paige? They've been teasing Paige on being the elite. They flash joined Dark Order during Paige's match. He's not out here saving his friends. I thought for sure we were going to get that sort of big blowout turn at the last show where they turn the lights off and they've got two weeks left and Hangman Paige has joined Dark Order. At the same time, (laughs) after their match, I didn't necessarily want Hangman Page to join Dark Order, but I felt like that's what they were going to be doing, and it felt like that didn't happen, so it felt a little empty. And I think that this is one of the things that we've been talking about kind of all night, is having your own expectations color how you see the match. Like, did the fact that Hangman Page didn't come out make this all crap to me? No, not at all. But it did make it feel a little like, huh, that's it? Okay. All right. And then I had to get there. And I got there. I liked it. I like that they're having the underdogs do it. I like that they're not having some big top dude come in there to lead it. I like that they are sticking to the strength and numbers cult thing. That's cool. But I had to find myself a way to get there. And I think that maybe that's what the issue was for a lot of people, is if they were expecting something else, that they had to find a way to get there. And for me, that's not a problem. It's just going, oh, I was expecting this one thing, it didn't happen. Let me examine what actually happened. Oh, okay, cool. That's what actually happened. That was neat, you know. Instead of going, the thing that I had wanted didn't happen. This sucks. (laughs) It's like there's a couple different ways you can go about doing that, you know.
0: Yes, and I know people have problem with the evil laugh. And the suit They call it a supernatural gimmick, but I'm like, what's supernatural about the Dark Order, really? Join the Dark Order. They are a guy led by an evil leader who basically preys on the downtrodden. I mean, that's just most, that's most like groups. I don't want to offend anyone, but that's a lot of groups. That Scientology. Yes. There we go. Yes. Yes. That, uh, you know, you know, you're downtrodden, you're, you're not where you want to be in life and they take advantage of that. it's like, there's nothing supernatural about manipulation, <laughs> you know, hey, silver and Riley. That's
1: so good. There's nothing supernatural about manipulation. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a great line, dude.
0: Silver and Reynolds. <laughs> yes. Yeah, silver and Reynolds lose all the time. Of course they're going to listen to a guy that says, Hey, we're going to make you win. Who wouldn't if right, you're broke? i like
1: sitting here going, who the hell are these dudes and why are they called the Beaver Boys? Like, okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. So who wouldn't listen to a guy that loses all the time? So it's like, yeah, them joining the Dark Order just made damn sense. You know? And it's just like, I, I like I said, I dig the Dark Order. I know the lights go out, but really, what do they do that's supernatural? They don't just like appear out of anywhere. They, he walked from the backstage with a mic in his hand. And he's it' like, hey.
1: fair, they did appear out of anywhere like both times before,
0: <laughs> no no like you, you know like the their uh, their debut, right, yeah, yeah, okay, don't know get me wrong I'm just like i i agree, but I'm just saying they've kind of like they debuted, but they've kind of reeled it back from the debut, you know what yeah, I' mean? yeah, they yeah, went, for sure they've, they've they've
1: given themselves an identity,
0: yeah, they've pivoted, and it's just like oh I you know. And then when they did the hand thing, in my head, I have to say, you can tell, tell them I said this, I had Andy in, in my head doing the hand thing towards them, you know, at the screen. <laughs> I was like, because I had my hand up, because the Dark Order. I'm all about the Dark Order. But it's just like I get how it might not be for someone, right? And it was like, but it was an angle at the end of the show after the show was over. And I guess they say they're making their top stars look like geeks, but I'm just like, I, I don't know. I I, I already
1: know their top stars are badasses. I don't yeah, need to yeah. prove to me the that the elite was, are elite.
0: The company was built on them, you know? So it's just, uh, I remember in the late 90s, there was the Raven's flock. He would basically beat the shit out of a dude, and then the dude would start joining Raven. I think that's the closest thing the Dark Order has, but what I'm looking forward to is the light versus the dark, the battle for the soul of Hangman, you know? That's oh what I'm my looking for.
1: Oh, that's so good. You're full of great sound bites.
0: <laughs> yes, like, so the Dark <laughs> Order is going to be trying to pull him this way. You know, the elite are going to be like, you're still family, come this way. And they're going to be yeah. pulling, they're going to be pulling at him. And he's like, you know, and that's how it's going to be. And I could see that story working out. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to that story. And it's just like, yeah. With a show that, you know, they're, they are really defining and putting out their stories right now. Brandy wants Chris to come home, you know, to Statlander. Butcher and the Blade, I hate when people say they're like this dark gimmick. No, they're henchmen that work for MJF. There's nothing dark. Yeah, they're dark. like mafia. Yeah, things. there's nothing dark about these characters at all. They were black. There's something dark about Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> they wear black. <laughs> and i'm just saying that just because you wear black doesn't mean you're a dark character and it's like it's but i like i say, was it a home run not really because you want to bring in but it's all everyone's talking about so i kind of feel like aew wins because of that it, you know what
1: i think so too and man. also screw the haters yes like i i don't care about having people complain about the seriousness or the believability or you know, the alien game gimmick or whatever. I don't care. I'm having fun watching this show and people are having fun watching the show. It's kinda like it's amazing. And then you check Twitter and you're like, what? People hated this? What what do you what are you talking about? Like people just wanna complain and like, man, I ain't got time for that. Also
0: I I am very much in who what? thought
1: that like Dave Meltzer was in AEW's pockets? Pretty sure that's different now. Oh uh, uh, no, the
0: dude! <laughs> I I, I listen to his show every Thursday morning just to kind of get the recap, and he completely shitted on this. And dude, the, he, called whatever, it, man. he called it he called it two thousands WCW. He oh my god, he just this that's in, bullshit. This and Chris Statlander, he had a problem with. Like I said, he went off on Chris Statlander so hard that it made me start thinking, I'm like, but her character's not really that weird, right? You know? It's She's
1: no... not actually an alien, Dave.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. It's just like why oh why you have why do you have such such a problem with her? And, you know, and like I said, I'm very much in the hardcore I New Japan fan. I just want good wrestling type of area. So I get that.
1: I get that, too. But, man, I got to tell you, some of my favorite New Japan matches are Yano matches. And Dave hates Yano matches. But, dude, you got to have something fun to break up the flow of the seriousness. Yes. And that's one of the difficult things with watching New Japan sometimes is that the wrestling is so good. But it's always serious. Except when Yano comes in. Maybe sometimes you get a few little stories that are interesting, like, you know, Ishii and Yoshihashi or... Okada and Osprey or Tanahashi and Ibushi. But like, even those are serious, heavy-hitting stories. It's like, you got to have something that breaks up the flow. You got to have something that gives you forward to seeing in 2020 next year.
0: All right. Let's start with you, Floyd. All right. So three things. Uh, we had an audio issue there, so the cut sound cut out for a second. We apologize, but uh, three things we're going. Three things we're looking forward to, that I like this year, and three things I'm looking forward to next year. Three things I like this year. First of all, um, and I'm gonna talk about actually in AEW. I can talk about the overarching having another company, that kind of stuff. But I'm just talking about how their storytelling, um. I'm not going to I have one that I think you're going to use so I'm not going to steal it from you. But uh the focus on tag team wrestling that is from the launch show in Las Vegas that has been uh a mantra of uh of AEW is that they're going to focus on tag team wrestling. They have I think they have clearly the best tag team wrestling in the, uh, in the world, and I honestly don't even think it's close. I, like, I don't, and, like, it's not close at all. Uh, second thing, I got to see Arn Anderson do a spine buster on Sean Spears five feet in front of me. That That is amazing. That's that's. That is the wrestling moment for me. That is everything for me. That will never be replaced. I will, if I have Alzheimer's one day, that'll be the one thing I remember when I'm having one of my episodes. (sighs) Uh, The third thing that I've I've loved is the, the introduction of really Joshi wrestling on a national stage. Talking Rio, Kakarashita, Amy Sakura, all those people, I have enjoyed it quite a bit. It was not something I was used to, of course. I I do, you know, we got Asuka and everyone in the WWE, but it just seems like they're actually allowed to work like Joshi's in uh, AEW, and I've liked that. Those are the three things I'm going to focus on. Like I said, that's other than the overarching you know, having a different option for wrestling. So, Dude,
1: absolutely, man. Totally agree with all of those. Do you
0: Especially have... Especially
1: tag team wrestling. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. I've got three of them. Yeah. Okay, so first off, double or nothing, man. Being there to experience the kickoff of All Elite Wrestling, be there for I Need My Older Brother, to be there for Moxley's debut is one of the greatest experiences that I will ever have in my life that was incredible um also as for aew the company I love the fact that they have spent so much time building up new stars that is my favorite thing about aew I came to aew for the elite but my god I am here now because of everyone else I still love the elite but I, dude I'm happy that they're not <laughs> holding every title like I love that they're pushing these new stars because I get behind them so much, and it's so cool to sort of grow up with these characters, grow up with these people over the last year. I think that's amazing. So building up new talent, they've been incredibly successful at that. And then for an individual moment, my favorite entrance this year was Kenny Omega's Undertale entrance where he was dressed as Sans. I love that he does video game tie-ins. I love that he does cosplay stuff. His Wrestle Kingdom entrances have always been really special with special gear, special videos, special stories. And I love that they're still doing that, at least for Halloween. And I really hope that they do that for his big matches if and when they finally culminate like a title push for him, maybe next year, maybe beyond. I love that. So those are my three things.
0: Those are awesome three things. Uh, the Sans character I had to, you know, I had to get out and learn about because I had no idea what it was because I'd never even heard of the video game. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I imagine that'll be the case for me with other video games, you know. But dude, if his gear looks cool, hell yeah, that's awesome. Yes. Uh, what are three things that you're looking forward to seeing next year with AEW?
0: One, I've already said, the battle for the soul of Hangman. And where that goes, I think that's just going to be very fun. Second will be Cody versus MJF. And where that feud is going to go. And third, international expansion. I am looking forward to some shows that happen outside the United States.
1: Oh, yeah. Because you said 100% for sure they're going to the UK next year.
0: And I'm, yeah. And. The AEW reputation and energy with a UK crowd. Oh my I, God!
1: With all their drunken songs.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, I am, I am looking forward Uh, to it, I came up with one. I don't know if y'all remember. Uh, Amy might remember. You remember uh, Tiny Tunes? Yes. Yes, yeah, the Tiny Tunes. So I was sitting at work, and this might be corny as hell, and it might die here. And if it does die here, it's fine. But I remember pinky in the brain, right,
1: yeah, pinky all I kept and the brain. I
0: kept doing the butcher, the butcher, and the blade 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 that's just came up in my head, <laughs> so it might die here, it might never be used, but I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs>
1: I love
0: it. It it, amused to me, you know, so no, no, I am looking forward to that. Yeah. UK wherever else they go, but I know the UK is, you know, Tony's from there. So I know that's going to be a big thing. It's expanding there. And I just think it'll be fun. Uh, You know, some of the local wrestlers that are, Because their scene has been pretty much wiped out by the WWE and other companies. So, they're really starting to build new stars. So, I would love to see some one-time performances on there. Uh, uh, Honorable mention to I would love to see more of Colt Capanna on commentary.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. So, if you haven't watched AEW Dark, I know we didn't discuss it this week because we really knew this. End of the year thing was going to take some time. Uh, watch AW dark I thought Colt did a really good job.
1: Oh man, absolutely. I love Colt Cabana, and like, how can you not get hyped when you hear boom, boom, Colt Cabana, and then you see him come out and you're just like, what? That's amazing. Um, so next year, first thing I'm looking forward to, give me my villain. I need my villain. I have had that Bonnie Tyler holding out for a hero song. Stuck in my head for a month. I need my villain. So I'm waiting for him to come to AEW. I'm hoping it's on New Year's Day. Because that ties in nicely with the New Year's Day bash. That he wanted to hold last year that no one could come to. Except for Kenny Omega. And even that was just to say goodbye. Um, So I'm hoping that we get to see a villain next year. I am also really hoping that they come to Phoenix. Because I am selfish as hell <laughs> i want them to come to phoenix so badly um so i hope that they come to phoenix next year but beyond that i'm i'm really really excited to see um their storylines path i'm excited to see what brandy and awesome kong have in store i'm excited to see what the women's title looks like i'm excited to see cody and that prick ass mother effer mjf And what they have in store. It's going to be really exciting. And if the last two months of AEW Dynamite have to show us, is that we have a hell of a year to look forward to next year. And it's going to be explosive and incredible and absolutely unreal.
0: Yes. And, of course, we'll get to see each other in Vegas Looking forward to yes. that uh, double or nothing, a two or whatever they're going to call it. Uh, I'm I'm, yep. I'm amazing. Oh yeah, that's going to be amazing. I just like. It's like, I'm looking forward to doing this show with you more, I mean, this year. Uh, you know, it's, it looks like we finally got our schedule down where it's going to be you, Tiffany. But then we got Rich Lada. He, he's like, hey, anytime you need me. Uh, James Hell Boyd yeah. it's like, anytime you need me. Jeremy Donovan is like, anytime you need me. And, you know, having different voices on the show is always important. But, of course, you, I hate to say it, you're my favorite. You're my favorite. I, <laughs> well, I, I we, love I, I love.
1: AEW fan. <laughs>
0: yes, I, I was like, I, I love all, I love all of them, I love them all. But you're my favorite. Uh, you do a good job of reeling me in, and no one else, I don't think, does. I, I think they let me go off a little too long. But you do a really good job of reeling me in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's hard to decide to be like, and now we're gonna talk about this because, like, we could literally talk forever. Oh like, my god, this is just yeah. so fun.
0: Yes. And yes, it's just it, it's one of those things from a co-host. That's what I, I truly need it. I need a co-host to be like, okay, Floyd, you've made the same point four times. Okay, we can go on now. You know, I need that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I am a person that will talk for three days if you let me.
1: Me too. And I think that we help each other with that. And I, I got to say, I love this show. I look forward forward to doing this every time with you it's always a blast i'm always laughing when i get done my kids are like were you with floyd again (laughs) were you hanging out with floyd because i'm just i'm just laughing and just having a good time and i love that we have me and you and tiffany and jeremy and rich and josh and everybody like it really feels like the social suplex team is a family and we have so many voices here that we got this great aew family and you know yes we have a proclivity for positivity, as you say, which I love, but we're also, you know, honest and our positivity is honest, but there are things, you know, that we do talk about that aren't always our favorite things. Yeah. It's not always cheerleading. It's just something that we enjoy, you know, and I've, I've had so much fun with wrestling this year and last year. And if it wasn't something that I was enjoying, I wouldn't be watching it and I wouldn't be talking about it. So this has been fun as hell. The show with you has been so much fun. AEW has been so much fun. And I cannot wait with as much as we've gotten to experience this year to see what kind of fun we have in store for next year.
0: Man, their first show of the year sold 10,000 tickets, and then today on what? You know on sale date and what we're covering with which our last show of the year we have another ten thousand seats sell out in chicago it's It's amazing because I just like to remind people they're they're not going anywhere i mean six- i mean like I said, this was a considered a bad episode quote unquote six hundred and eighty one thousand people still watched. It. Just think about that. Six
1: hundred and eighty one thousand people still watched while the president was getting impeached. Yeah, getting <laughs> <That's> impe- <incredible. laughs>
0: that is <that's> incredible. <laughs> and we get next week. That's absolutely <laughs> Next week we get no dynamite. I don't know what we're gonna do with our life. We do get dark, I believe. I think they still did record the pre show, but we do not get uh dynamite. Uh reason being TNT on Wednesday nights, on Christmas, they always show a game. I know a- it does also work out with AEW giving their Christmas people a day off, but if you are wondering why they weren't doing like a best of or why they didn't record a show this week, this is just little extra information that I know. TNT, they uh, through the day, they have their games on ABC, but the night games are on TNT, and that. Takes precedence over everything. Their NBA contract takes precedence over everything. So instead of moving the True TV or something like that for a week, just be they get they just get to be home with their families, which is me personally preferred. I yes. I don't like when people have to work Christmas, and it's it you know take a week off. Uh, but this week, if you haven't, you take a chance to catch up on being the elite. Uh, you can take a chance to catch up on Dark. You can uh, actually go into tntdrama.com and all the episodes of uh, all the episodes of Dynamite are there. So you can catch up on that and you can be ready for the January 1st show. I think all we have announced is Chris Stat versus Rio for the women's title and Cody versus Darby, and have I missed anything? Yep. I think that's. It.
1: I think MJF is coming out to give stipulations on the match with Cody.
0: Yes, but
1: so we'll have an appearance by MJF too.
0: Yes, and MJF is brilliant and amazing. And I, I, you know what? Now I'm sad because he wasn't one of the things that I liked from AEW because uh, he is he is rarefied air when it comes to wrestling. But I think that's it. Yeah. I think I think we got everybody caught up, and like I said, this is our last. Show of the year, Merry Absolutely. Christmas together,
1: yeah! Merry Christmas to you <laughs> too, and <laughs> Happy New Year, man.
0: Now I can tell you, I got your address, but I super procrastinated on your gift, so it may not be there before Christmas. But it is on the way.
1: That's it. It's <laughs> all good, man. We've got a spirit of giving amongst our AEW fam. We got each other.
0: Yes, yeah, so, yes. Yeah, so I was like, I don't know. I hate going to the post office, and that was me the too. one. That was the one thing required for me was yeah. to actually go to the i hate going to the post office I me hate. too
1: I'm like oh i gotta not only go but then i gotta stand in line and then i gotta wait all right man why well, yeah. i appreciate the effort of the office, <laughs> my man
0: well all right well, uh do you have anything else you like to leave us no with? man all right
1: you guys everybody out there you have a wonderful holiday whether you're celebrating christmas or hanukkah or Anything or nothing. I hope that you have peace and happiness and love and laughter with friends and family around. And I hope you have a wonderful new year. Be safe. Enjoy your holidays. And uh, I cannot wait to share a wonderful world of wrestling with you next year.
0: All right, well, make I got my little bit of the bubbly this week, so that's what I'll be popping over uh, popping open on new year's day uh in which it will be awesome uh, and I thank Amy and everyone if you've listened to this show for a second a minute an hour or whatever you have i really appreciate it i just love talking about wrestling and i love especially talking about wrestling with my fan friends and it's just like we hope to get bigger better brighter maybe break out some interviews next week next year i don't know but you know what whether it's homework at school we will always do our best to be elite Join the dark order.